It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Memorial Healthcare has served the community for over a century and is committed to being your healthcare partner. The main campus is located in Owasso at 826 West King Street with additional locations in seven counties throughout mid-Michigan. Services at Memorial Healthcare are provided by people who truly care about their patients, who take pride in making a difference in the life and health of the patients they serve through all phases of life. With a medical staff of over 200 and nearly 1,500 employees, Memorial Healthcare is proudly recognized as the largest employer in Shiawassee County. Whether it's life-saving emergency room care, bringing a baby into the world, or an annual physical, see what Memorial Healthcare has to offer at memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720-CARE. That's 989-720-2273. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Hey, it's time for episode 218 of the three-point podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare, home of the -the state-of-the-art now community wellness center. As we record, Justin Thomas won his second Wanamaker trophy in a playoff. The NBA final four continues. Tigers up and down as always, and we'll fill you in on what we've been up to as well in the last week. Our other partners include Crow Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, the Wash of Owasso, and the ALS Association of Michigan. May is ALS Awareness Month, so please consider a donation to the ALS Association. Well, Jared, I think you want to start things off, don't you? Yeah, and it's kind of embarrassing when your catch-up is just like a, basically a YouTube rabbit hole I fell down, uh, but I just feel the need to share it. It's, it's awesome. Uh, so as you guys know, I, I've basically been in the Detroit area the last year or so, uh, and I have never, I've only been to Detroit maybe, you know, five times in my life. I remember I went once in high school, you know, with our basketball team. That was awesome. And I've been to like a, a, a you know, a Lions game here, Tigers game there, but never really like checked out the city uh, until I kind of started working down here every day. Uh, but my brother actually sent me these cool, uh, this YouTube channel called the proper people where what they do is they go into old abandoned sites, uh, tour it, you know, take sweet videos of it, put music underneath it. And one of the places they actually went to was the old Detroit Cooley high school, which I had no idea that this school was so goddamn big. It was like, you know, like 2000, 2000, like 3000 students went there in the course of like, it basically exploded in growth, you know, the first few years. And then by the time the two thousands came around, uh, you know, it was big, maybe less than a thousand, less than 500 students ended up going there. So they closed it down, but they went and toured this place 
And I kid you not, it's like one of the coolest like little historical places I've ever seen. This auditorium was like something. It's like imagine the Lebowski Center was just placed in the middle of this high school. The gymnasium has, you know, the track above it with uh, this old school floor. Uh, the library is like something out of Harry Potter. Um, and not only did they go there, but they went to the Packard plant as well. And the Packard plant, you know, actually, we actually did something with Valley Sports there not too long ago when Miggy was coming up on 3,000 hits. We went and framed all these pictures of throughout Miggy's, Miggy's career uh, in one of the old uh, Packard building rooms. And, and I guess just basically where I'm leading this is, is have you guys ever really checked out any of this historic landmarks in Detroit? Uh, and what are some of the places that uh, you guys would kind of love to see a little like behind the scenes abandoned type tour? Because I know another one of them that they did was Flint Central High School. And I know, Ted, you're probably gonna be watching that right after this uh, pod drops. I know how much you love the Flint history. So I just, oh, yeah. I thought that was cool to throw out. And I had no idea these places really even were there. Like Cooley High School, I'd never heard of it before. And rumor has it it's the freaking coolest high school that maybe ever was made so i just felt i need to throw that out there for you guys no that i've heard of that uh, podcast channel before i have i forget i haven't seen any of the ones in detroit i've, I've seen a couple probably like clips here and there mm-hmm. so now this kind of piques my interest to actually go check out full episodes i guess yeah and i i have like a weird fascination with abandoned places whether it's uh prisons or mm. high schools, libraries, right. and you know whatever. And so, anytime I come across these videos or TV shows, you know, Ted, you're all me too, all into these like murder mystery type shows. Mm-hmm. I like those also. But like, if there's something that's like, we went into this abandoned school and did blah blah blah, I'm all for it. Like Red Bull has done a bunch of stuff. Like they went to the Silver Dome and they've done a bunch of other stuff where like they put snow and you know they do like snowboarding around all these abandoned stu- uh, uh, buildings. I saw one, this, this, these people explored Pirates Park in Flint. That's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. I used to go there all the time. I'm sure Ted, you did too. And you know, it's abandoned, but it's still kind of there. It's just, there's, there's something like eerie and like kind of cool seeing things. Like it's almost like a, um, a time capsule. It's sitting there exactly how it was on the last day of business, just with like vines and a ton of stuff overgrown. There's actually some TikTok channels. Uh, people, this is all they do is go to abandoned places, houses, houses from like the 1800s. Um, the one I'll finish this off. Cause I know Ted, you want to chime in. Uh, I watched a TikTok. It was actually like a three-parter. They went to this hospital. I forget where it was, but basically what happened was it, it, they stopped paying their bills and they had to ship all the patients out because they had to shut the hospital down. And it was literally a time capsule. Like there were still like they just they just left it like you know they didn't put right. anything away they didn't clean anything up and stuff was starting to grow over and it was like you said it was like the site of what should have been like a scary movie or something like that so anyway all well, that being said you, you've piqued my interest to go back oh, and you, check some of this out because it, some of those old what one more too owasso middle school would be a good one mm, for this oh, yeah. if it ends up if it ends up trending towards they're not going to renovate it and you know do all that kind of stuff it could be it could be one of those that could be fun. And that's what's sad about these is it's like, man, you look at the Packard plant, it's freaking huge and it's sweet. And it's like this place, as soon as it was, as soon as they shut the business down, they lock the doors, throw away the keys and basically just let the scrappers right. go in there and it's ruin crazy. it. It's yeah. crazy. Take all and the it copper. Does, 
Yeah, and it doesn't make sense. This hospital that I watched real quick. Sorry, Ted, we're not letting you get in. Oh, no, take (laughs) over. I don't care. I'm tired today anyway. (laughs) This this hospital was literally everything was there. Like there were still the canisters of needles. There was still all the, you know, the the medication. And like they literally stopped paying their bills and just said, leave. We can't open the doors. And everything was still there. It was from like in the 90s. So the technology was, you know, kind of old. So that was kind of cool to see. But no, that stuff is super interesting to me. You know, kind of kind of switching things over to a little bit more morbid stuff. Okay, Jared, you probably aren't going to get any sleep tonight when we talk about this topic or two. Uh, Prisons. (laughs) Kind of prisons. And uh, my aunt Gloria used to work in in a hospital in Lapeer. It was one of those mental hospitals, you know, asylums. Yeah. Think about doing a tour of an asylum at night by candlelight. Yeah. How would that freak you out? Yeah, that's huh? hell. I would never do that. No, seriously, <laughs> like you would literally have to drag me through the sane asylum to do that. Um, to bring it full circle real quick uh, before I dive into the sane asylums. The thing that was, I guess, is kind of the craziest part about this Detroit, this Detroit story is, you know, I, I came here. I didn't really know much of the history. You hear about, you know, uh, the downfall and all that. Detroit had 1,800,000 people. Now it's like 800,000 people. It, it, they lost a million people in population. And when you think about it, it's just like all these old buildings, all these old apartments, all these old uh, car plants, just like, like I said, they're just left to rot. And it just seems it's like a shame. Way, it, it's it really, really a shame. Cause like you said, some of these buildings are just like incredible. You know, they're not just like the buildings you see now where they throw them together in six months and they're probably going to fall apart in 10 years. Yeah. These are like legitimate, legitimately built buildings that are going to stand for hundreds of years as long as, you know, they don't fall apart or something, but no, it, it is really cool. And the, the insane asylums, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that would be, I would do that. I love haunted houses and stuff like that. So that'd be diff- cool. There's a difference between a haunted house and literally someplace that's <laughs> legitimately haunted that you yeah. do not want to go. You do not want to go to an insane <laughs> asylum. Yeah. I wouldn't go there during the day. I would damn sure I'm not going there during nighttime. I'm well, pretty think- sure I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to misquote. I, I remember looking up at some point I could look real quick talking about the size of Detroit at its peak, it was like, it was something like San, there were like five major cities. It was like the largest in the country. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you could put like five of the biggest cities in the country inside what Detroit was back Mm -hmm. in the day. And, and I guess what ruined it was the, from what this, this is a YouTube rabbit hole. Like I said, last night, Saturday or Saturday night, this is what, you know, this 23 year old's doing with his time. Uh, so basically what I, what I found out was that basically what ruined it was the, the highway system. You know, once the highway system came in, it made getting into Detroit almost impossible. And that's why mm-hmm. everyone left and, you know, basically just started commuting into Detroit. Uh, it's just what a cool it's little part, historic it's, town. It's part and, of why they left. Yeah, right. Exactly. There's other reasons as well. <laughs> you well you let's just throw it out there. The 67 riots really yeah. put it under, you know. And, and, and it's kind of funny when you think about like, you know, it was all booming because of the car business. Just no one had the foresight to realize that, you know, this, like, I just imagine people back in that time, like we're going to, this is going to last forever. We're going to be the biggest, you know, city in the world one day. Uh, no, literally basically as soon as Detroit was built up, it basically started to collapse right on itself. Uh, so now it's just awesome town. And I'm I'm glad I live there. It's perfect. You know, as a guy who loves history, I need to start checking out these places. Yeah, some of the some of the architecture in Detroit is has to be some of the coolest in the country mm-hmm. just because it was built, you know, so long ago. And it's the same with Flint. And I remember even around Grand Rapids, there's some uh, GM plants that have since been abandoned. And it's it's really kind of a shame because I know, Ted, you talked about a few weeks ago or a month or so ago, you were driving around Flint. And, mm-hmm. oh, it was when you went to the Kelvin Torbert, uh, yeah. the, the book signing. You talked about doing that. 
it's almost a little depressing sometimes when you drive around because yeah. you can see how the communities are built. There's these, you know, factories that clearly are employing hundreds of people. There's neighborhoods around them. There's schools and stuff. And now that that plant has been shut down, there's no one living in the houses. The schools are abandoned and stuff. So, you know, you, it's almost kind of sad, especially when you know what it was like back in back in the day. Yeah, there's something about seeing it abandoned. Like I just picture somebody like my grandpa worked at GM, you know, his whole life going through one of these old GM plants in Detroit, it's just like, talk about depressing. You just like, you're in your head, you're like, while you're walking through this abandoned place, you're just picturing, you know, this place used to be bustling with uh, a thousand people basically working at these plants. Three shifts. And, yeah, and it's just, just it's just sad to see. Like, Ted, have you noticed a big difference in like Detroit since when you were, like, or even Michigan, I guess, in broader sense? Just like, was Michigan a lot more kind of popping off when you were a kid compared to now? Well, from my from my memory and experience when I was a kid, of course, like you talked about, your grandpa and my dad worked at, Fl at Fisher One in Flint. I mean, you know, and there was probably five or six auto plants in Flint. And Flint and Detroit are so similar to what happened to them with the auto plants leaving. Of course, they had the 67 things in, in Detroit that, that really kind of set it reeling and, you know, kind of destroyed things for a while. But I think at this point, you're going to see Detroit make a rise up. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it. we've talked about it here before many times. Detroit has a lot of good things that people just don't realize. You know, it has a bad name from anybody that hasn't hung out in Detroit because it really is a cool city and it still has, um, it has potential to expand. It has, like you said, Matt, some of the coolest architecture. Unfortunately, a lot of them are just sitting abandoned. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, people, the people that own them want way too much money for them. Either right. that or they get raised. You know, and, and there's so much history there. There's what is it? The uh, uh, I think it used to be the old police headquarters that they're refurbishing. Oh, uh, cool. Pretty close to Corktown. It's like eight stories tall and really long. It's going to be uh, some, some sort of office building. You know, I forget what it. Who, I mean, you even you it. even think about that. I mean, like police headquarters being like eight stories high yeah. because <laughs> there's so, that they have to employ that many, you know, different levels of police officers and you know secretaries and everything else that goes into running a police force mm -hmm. i guess now what you, you hear about things like sometimes there's like two cops on duty at yeah, certain right. times or you know yeah. other stuff like that you know and go back to jared's question i kind of got off kilter there but uh back in the day flint and detroit i remember going to detroit as a little kid with my parents you know we're walking down the street going to some of the department stores the the world famous hudson's department store now part of ford field and then flint i mean that that city, I think, at one time was the second largest city in Michigan behind Detroit. Uh, right. I believe they were ahead of Grand Rapids even. And it was just a bustling city. I mean, all kinds of things going on. Everybody was employed. Life was good. Nobody was poisoned by lead in the water at that time. <laughs> and it was just a great city. And I think what I was going to wrap it all up with, Detroit has a chance to really rebound and become, again, a major player in cities flint on the other hand man they got a major undertaking if they're you know it's going to be way behind when you see the renaissance of detroit yeah yeah and, and i know one one thing my dad always says when when we talk about this kind of like this topic you know flint detroit back in the day and then we like if we're talking about concerts he always points out how like how flint every big concert would stop in Flint. He would always say that how cool it was it's back crazy then. To think about. You know, they, they'd either go from like Detroit to Flint to Chicago or the other way around. They go to Chicago, Flint, Detroit, like Flint was a stop on every major concert, you know, uh, uh, 
ske- yeah. tour schedule or whatever. So it's pretty cool. And it's true. And it's, you think about it, so, like my grandpa or whoever, people that settled down in somewhere like Corona, you know, 15 minutes from Flint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would, I mean, think of how awesome that would be now if, if Flint continued to rise. And, you know, think of how incredible we'd be. He'd be a millionaire selling off his little brick house nowadays uh, if that would have kept growing. So it's sad to see. Uh, one more time, I'm just going to throw out that YouTube channel again for people, the proper people. They do three different Detroit episodes. They check out Highland, old community college, Highland uh, in Highland Park. They check out all the old GM uh, plants and they check out uh, Cooley High School. Definitely recommend that. Uh, in positive news, Ted, you met your idol uh, this past <laughs> weekend in Florida, man. Uh, so before you give your rendition of the story, I'll just tell mine. So I'm working uh, and I was actually working on a, a, a piece for work uh, about this cigar lounge in Ybor City uh, in Florida. Uh, and Johnny, you know, Shep, Craig Monroe, they all went. So I put it together that day for pregame show. And during that, I get a text from Ted, just met Johnny Kane uh, at the Tampa Bay game. And I'm just like, I put my head in my hands. Oh, God, <laughs> what did this guy say? Uh, he To the point where a few a few minutes later, he sends me just like a random picture of Johnny just like fiddling with his notes in the stands, like completely like, dead. No idea his picture is getting taken. Paparazzi, then, Ted. Yeah, I took him like this behind my shoulder. <laughs> so one, that was weird. But so how was your how was meeting your idol just in general? Tell us about it. Well, it. it We'll clarify a little bit. I, I like Johnny. There's no getting around. I think he he does a great job for Bally. You know, he eventually, if he sticks around with Bally Sports Detroit, he's going to be uh, George Blaha's replacement. You agree with that? I mean, it seems like he's poised to be anyway. Yeah. But he's a nice guy. I like I I you know I'm an old fella, but I I really enjoy the young talent coming through, and I think he does a good job. He's down to earth. I was going to tell him I was I was going to tell him I was really impressed opening day when he caught that beer can on the catapult but I let it go. I honestly Jared uh, I thought about you and I thought man I can't embarrass Jared. I just told him who I was. I God. said I was your uncle and uh, hey I like what you do and I did throw a little line in there about hey might have to get you on our podcast that we host sometime. He said oh, he'd do God. it. What's wrong with that? No, you Nothing got wrong to. with that. You got to at least plug it, you know? Yeah. And then I, I left him alone. I, I said hello to him, left him alone and didn't do anything else after that. But I like the guy. What can I tell you now on the other side of the spectrum, Tropicana field, I disagree with him. He, he put out a a tweet that he said, well, it's underrated or people shouldn't dog on it that much. It's the second worst baseball stadium I've ever been in. I mean, it's just, it just is. Now, why is all I've ever heard? All I've ever heard is that it's a dome. It's so just that, it dull, drabby, you know, it's a, it's a dome that just wasn't well thought of, you know, I mean, the people down there were great. Uh, you know, I was able to sort of play hooky. I kind of tied in a business aspect to it. Cause I met one of my reps down there it happened to be an afternoon game, but uh, he had first row, first row tickets, first baseline between the bullpen and the first base dugout. So we had primo seats. I think oh, yeah. he paid like $150 for them. I, on the other hand, uh, paid the cheapest price I could get, $15, got in the stadium. I sat 20 rows behind home plate to watch the first five innings, and I sat behind him in the second row, the final four innings. So nice. it was it was a good experience. But it really That's is. Cool. It's not that cool of a stadium at all. It falls for me, of all the stadiums I've been to, I went to old um, the old Cleveland Stadium that held oh. like 81,000 people it, it was a combination baseball football stadium was I jacobs think it was Mo- field is that what not jacobs i think it was oh. memorial field or something like okay. that the indians played there way back in the day in the browns but the day i showed up was an afternoon game 
like I said, it held 80,000 fans. I think there might have been 4,000 in that stadium that day, and it was just <laughs> those football really old football days are with it right now. They're de- or they used to deal with it, or maybe they just built a new stadium. They don't deal with it anymore. But those old football fields that are convert like or that they're you know dual football and baseball, they're horrible. Those are mm-hmm. the worst fields. You, you yeah. nailed it. Uh, yeah. the, the the other thing that just Tropicana Field is you can't overcome the fact that it's a dome. Domes right, are just right. not baseball is not made for domes. The one dome that I'll say is awesome is Houston. They did a great job, and that's because it's newer. Uh, you know, they got the retractable roof, they got the train out in the outfield. Like that's one stadium that did it right. But anytime it's a dome, it's automatically docked about 10 slots on the stadium rankings. Yeah, yeah I think any new stadium dome. should be retractable domes yeah. if it's gonna be a dome of any kind. Really, anyone, Jared, you're going to get to this point too. If if you continue with your career path, anyone who works in television production covering baseball wants a retractable roof on baseball stadiums. Weather <laughs> delays are the worst thing possible yep. when it comes to covering baseball. Just sitting there waiting for the rain to stop. Why can't you put a damn roof on this thing? But the whole the whole Johnny Kane, I was going to say, you know, I I've been working in TV media, you know, whatever for decent amount of time now ted you've been doing it for over 30 years so you probably know jared you're probably finding out these people yeah there's there there are some of the talent some of the reporters anchors you know whatever that are a little prima donna ish you know but for the most part these people are regular people they they know that they have a following or whatever in my experience anyway they don't mind people coming up to them and saying hey i watch you on xyz channel or sport or you know whatever it is big fan, like what you do. And if you have a connection, I mean, easy right. connection, you're Jared's uncle yeah. and Jared works with, with Johnny Kane. So that's an easy, no brainer. So I just remember when I first started, it was like, Oh, you don't want to talk to them. Ah, you, you know, you don't want to like embarrass yourself or talk to them. And now it's like, man, whatever. Like we're all, we all get paid by the same people, you know, we all, whatever. It's not a big deal. So there's a certain level of popularity where I think it like, like LeBron James, I don't care what you have to say to LeBron. Just don't even, just don't even, just don't even say anything yeah. like he's heard it all. You know, you don't need to get a picture with him, but right. you know, somebody who's maybe a low, like a lower level of popularity, hundred percent, you know, say what's up, say you love what they do and move on with your day. I, I always hate taking pictures with people and asking to take pictures. I think that's like, personally, I, a lot of people don't agree with me on this, but I, that's where I draw the line. I never see, really will take a picture with somebody. See, Unless it's like, is, you know, like Denard Robinson or something like that. It's then funny I mean, you like, bring up Denard. That's funny you bring that up because what I was going to say is when there, there's like an unwritten rule up in, in Bristol and in, in Connecticut at ESPN, when people are there for the car wash and they're like making their rounds, going to all the different shows, there's kind of an unwritten rule to not um, approach them because they're there for business to promote a movie or the Heisman trophy or whatever they're doing. Right. And it, there's kind of like an unwritten rule. Like don't bother them. You know, they're, they're there, you know, as a guest of ESPN to be on 10 different shows throughout the day. At the same time though, again, through my experience, uh, they all know that people there are sports fans. I mean, it's almost like, again, Denard Robinson, perfect example. When he was on the cover his after his last season at Michigan, when he was on the cover of NCAA football, he came to ESPN for the car wash and to promote NCAA football and also be on all the shows. And I knew, he, you know, we always get the emails. So-and-so is going to be here on this date, blah, blah, blah. I saw Denard Robinson. I'm like, I'm, I'm going up to campus and I'm going to try and find him. I mean, he's <laughs> at the time, you know, he's one of my favorite football players. And I did. I bumped into him in the calf and I was like, I was like, hey, man, you know, um, born and raised in Michigan, lifelong right. Michigan fan, huge fan. You know, I, I love what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. Just a quick thing like that. Quick and and he, he loved it. 
he was he shook my hand he was like oh it's so cool michigan fan in connecticut you know blah, right. blah we talked for like two minutes another one was barry sanders barry sanders is probably my like outside of kobe bryant probably my favorite athlete of all time and again when i knew he was being on campus i was like i'm going to find barry sanders this might be the only time i have a chance to shake this guy's hand and i got a picture with him and he talked to him right. it was at the time that the silver dome was about to be uh whatever um Demon just put demolished, de- or, demolished or whatever. Or yeah. So we talked about the silver dome for a minute and stuff like that. So, so yes, I, I know what you're saying, Jared, you know, if LeBron James like, yeah, what are you going to say to him? Hey man, you're, you're good at basketball, but so like, it's, it, <laughs> right. Like, but, you know, like when I, to me, Barry Sanders, I was like, I have to take this right. chance to yeah. go get a picture with Barry Sanders. Like for example, I go just when I was just last, maybe last thing on this before we move on. Like when I was in front of Giannis and in and out, you know, I saw he's behind me, literally turned around, acted like he wasn't even behind me. It, what, what, he just wants to get in there and get his food, get out. He doesn't want to get hoarded by a million people, you know, trying to strike up a conversation with him, trying to get pictures with him. And, um, and of course, that's what ended up happening. But it's just like, you know, what, what, I got the story to tell. What else do you really need? Do you really yeah. need the picture to post it on Snapchat later? A right. little different story, though. I mean, what Matt's talking about in a, in the setting he was at, you right. know, because it's the same thing when, when stalkers go up to somebody that's eating dinner, like a famous movie yeah. star or something. I mean, that's got to be as irritating as it can be. There's a time and a place, you know. Yep. 100%. And I don't think and I don't Matt think was like, doing it when like, he did it. Like right. if Johnny, if Johnny Kane was like about to do his lead in for a story on Bally Sports Live and you were like, hey, Johnny. Right. Okay, that that would have been a little I, much. <laughs> I love how you played off that you don't really love Johnny Kane, but yeah, you sent me a candid picture of him just <laughs> randomly and you sneakily took it. I think that that kind of tells on yourself in itself. No, it tells on your and my relationship is what it tells because <laughs> I know that just drives you crazy and you're worried about me embarrassing you. I will say this though. He did oh, give you some praise. But he gave you some praise. Okay. He just said you, you do a great job for Bally. So there you go. Nice. Yeah. yeah he's a great guy. 100%. He really is. Before we move on, I got to I gotta send a plug out, guys. I'm not going to get long and detailed into this, but I bought a hot tub, fellas. I got a hot oh, tub nice. on orders coming my way. I uh, I did a little online research. I was going to buy one online through Wayfair. Are you familiar with that site? Yep. And it was a really good deal, sweet looking thing. But I, I told my wife, I said, you know what? I, I don't feel comfortable buying something like that without any service. So let's go check out what uh, they can do over at Recreation Warehouse. And I'll just tell you right now, I uh, I met the owner of Recreation Warehouse, Don Parakta. I, I told him, hey, man, here's your, here's your competition. See what you can do for me. Sweeten the pot a little bit. He came through for me. Tremendous guy. A lot of good stuff going on there. I got my hot tubs built in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm going to get the parts online. You know, I can always get parts and it's, it's a long established company. And I'd like to give the shout out here locally recreation warehouse. And you never know, they could be a sponsor down the road too. (laughs) Or I was going to say what he probably did. Hey, uh, I tell you what, you you knock a hundred, few hundred bucks off this. I'll give you a shout out on my next pod. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did tell him I'd give him a shout out. I did did tell him that, uh, you know, I might even massage your number on our proposal just for helping me out, but we'll, we'll work that out. No, it is cool. And it is that even in today's day and age, there is still with certain things, 100% value to going somewhere local where, you know, if you have an issue, you can drive right there. You know, the owner now you can talk face to face. You're not trying to talk to customer service with Wayfair, sending emails or trying to do all this stuff or trying to fix it yourself. Look up YouTube videos. 
no, there, there is still certain things definitely value to going local, find, getting good service, as long as you also get a deal, as long as they're not yeah. ripping you off or whatever. But no, that's cool. And those sites like Wayfair, man, they you do not want to trust those, especially a huge purchase like a hot tub. I, I'm yeah. worried when I buy a pair of shoes off of something like that right. site. No, we've, we've gotten like we've gotten like rugs, a couple rugs, picture frames, yeah. stuff like that. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. A hot tub, though. Eh. <laughs> like I imagine you, you, you know, hey, this is your competition. Like if I was that hot tub salesman, I would have been like, oh, good luck. No, I'm, all I'm I not said, getting any deals. All I said to him is, hey, I'm not trying to get your kid's inheritance. Just see what you can do for me. <laughs> nice. So, so anyway, so that, the hot tub, it, it, it is. There's something about hot tubs. I know some people want nothing to do with oh. hot tubs. But I love it. I'll, I'll sit in a hot tub often. I, I was going to say every day. I don't know if I would do it every day. But like yeah. I know we talked to, if it was a week or two ago, Ted, um, off air, in the winter, especially up yes. in Michigan, a hot, tub, a hot tub in the winter is clutch. Yes, it is. And it's supposed to arrive. It'll be all set up uh, sometime late September, early October. How oh, perfect not is until that? then? Dang. Yeah, I had to order it. You know, it's a whole COVID thing. Yeah. You know, delays on stuff. But that's okay. Gives me time it's to not prepare. Like you're gonna prepare. Be... It's not like you're going to be sitting in it in 90 degree July heat. So exactly. I mean, you probably could, but yeah, but that'll be, we'll, we'll see it on his like live reaction to a Michigan football game. Uh, he's going to start, he's gonna start doing a, podcasts from the hot tub. I probably might. With a on, but I, I, any, uh, any games on national TV, like on ABC, I can take my little TV with the antenna out there. I'll be all set. It'll be good. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that gets us caught up. Any you guys got anything else you need to get off your chest before we move on to some real stuff like some sports talk? Well, <laughs> no, I think we covered it with the abandoned Detroit buildings and insane <laughs> asylums and uh, talking to celebrities. So yeah, you just never know where this podcast's going to go. But I think we'll we'll tighten it up a little bit. We'll talk uh, some sports potpourri right after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Looking to buy items online, go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. Memorial Healthcare is proud and excited to open their new $40 million-plus neurology, orthopedic, and community wellness center, now called the NOW Building. The 15,000-square-foot facility features the highest quality, most sensitive 3T MRI available on today's market. The three-story building provides area residents a medically-based wellness center featuring nutritional, counseling, and group fitness classes, among other offerings. Memorial Healthcare's new wellness center includes locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, sauna, a lap pool, and more, including a raised track for walking and running with views of the entire Memorial campus and surrounding area. Memorial Healthcare strives to bring healthcare and wellness together, servicing patients' needs from diagnosis to treatment to rehab and beyond. For more details, go online at memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720-CARE. That's 989-720-2273. 
All right, guys. So we kind of talked a little bit about the Tigers. We didn't talk specifically about the game you went to, Ted, mm-hmm. the, the results, I guess, and how the Tigers played. But you kind of talked about it in the open. You know, they're kind of just they've almost like plateaued they'll mm-hmm. they'll win a game or two you know maybe get on they got in a little win streak there but then they lost a few in a row and injuries all five of their their opening day starting pitching rotation all hurt you know Tarek Skubal was dealing looking like he was turning into a legit ace and he takes a liner off the foot and he's hurt and it's just like this team is they they can't get into a groove is what it seems like one guy maybe starts going then he gets hurt Javi Baez is struggling uh, Austin Meadows now has uh, vertigo vertigo. And, you know, that's just that could be a serious issue. Yeah. Who would have thought as much as we love Miggy? I think I tweeted this from our three point pod, you know, at three point pod. Who would have thought that Miguel Cabrera would be leading the Tigers in basically every hitting uh, statistical category for the right. season? As good of a hitter legend as he is, he's clearly on the downside of his career. So since he is doing that, that's not a good sign. I saw who someone tweeted out um, one of the radio guys in Detroit. They're on pace to score the least amount of runs in franchise history. That's not good. Not good. <laughs> that is that is not a good stat. Uh, they they got a win today. Uh, so we're talking on Sunday. Um, Javier Baez hit a home run, a uh, big home run in the eighth inning to kind of put the game on ice. So maybe he can build off of that. Yeah. We just haven't seen the production. We kind of hope for out of Baez after that first hot start, you know, when he had a couple late game heroics, just has kind of really cooled off since then. Uh, Miguel Cabrera. I mean, enjoy, enjoy what you can from this year. I mean, Miguel Cabrera turning back the clocks. He's been, mm-hmm. he had an RBI double today. Just appreciate that. If, if, if at worst case scenario, the best thing you got from this season was a Miguel Cabrera, you know, not prime season, but, you know, one last sort of efficient, great hitting season, then take it for what it's worth. We got Riley Green coming back soon. You know, we'll see what type of jolt he can bring us. Uh, you know, the Tarek Skubal thing, it was kind of like, are you shitting me? But he, it almost was like an overreaction kind of in a way. I mean, he got smoked by that ball. I mean, you thought I thought he was done for the year. And then in post game, he's like, yeah, I'll be ready for my start in five yeah. games. Just so I just I don't know what happened where he couldn't pitch the rest of the game. if They were just being cautious with him or what. But. That was kind of overblown, I sort of thought. But uh, I mean, I guarantee that that hurt like hell taking a line drive straight off the boat. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> I'm sure, power. you know, they might have been like, if there's even the smallest little crack in a bone, we don't want him to snap his foot in half. So, yeah. yeah. And that's probably what it was. Like, he's, yeah, just cautionary. You know, I think he was probably more upset that he had to come out of the game more than he was injured and felt like he couldn't keep going. But uh, no, I mean, just like I said, Miguel Cabrera, use that as the lone bright spot. Let's see if we can get some wins going here, win some series. Still a lot of games left to be played. I'm not totally writing them off yet. We still got a lot of players that are injured. Hopefully can come back soon. So until we see this team at full strength, you know, with green in the lineup, with our full rotation, I'm not going to make too many judgments because it's just been a, it's been unlucky, man, more than anything else with this team. Yeah, the injuries really killed them. I mean, especially on the pitching on the pitching mound, man. That's just a killer. You know, you know, baseball starts with the pitchers for sure it is great to see cabrera having the year he's having right now and maybe we were a bit too optimistic i think the tiger fan uh in tiger fans out there in general probably were a little too optimistic this is probably not any better than a 500 team this year anyway even with the players they picked up but hey still still a team to support still a team to go down and watch a game probably tickets are not going to be that difficult to get unless they really turn it on and uh it's still major league baseball so go tigers and the thing is, I'm, I'm looking at the standings right now. They're actually not that far out of the wild card hunt. You know, now that the wild card's been extended or uh, expanded, right? 
it, they're they're out of it for sure but like you know you never know how things are going to go once you know the dog days of summer hit in, in right. major league so you know if they can get on a little roll the big thing getting healthy and some of these other teams you know kind of maybe some injuries happen to these other teams and you know they they can gain some ground there by you know late august somewhere around there september but i'm not holding out hope right now because of the way they're playing they just the the offense is so bad the pitching's been pretty good we've talked about it but now they're dipping into you know guys that probably weren't going to come up at all this year to start you know make starts and they're having to so Hopefully some guys can come back, you know, Matt Manning, Casey Mize, hopefully they can come back. That would be huge. You know, hopefully nothing else is wrong with Scooble and he's good to go. But yeah, I think, I think we we can all agree. Our, the expectations were maybe a little high coming into this year. Yeah. A little too optimistic for sure. Uh, you know, moving away from baseball for a second, you know, we've, we've been talking about the NBA cause they're in the playoffs in the final four. And uh, you know, I can't say it anymore. I mean, just these guys are just so good. And in my opinion, watching the playoffs this season, I didn't watch the regular season as much, but Luca's probably, to me, the best player in the NBA. Yeah, he is. In, individually, I think, you know, Steph has to be there. Kevin Durant, obviously LeBron still. But as far as, like, someone who, like, legitimately, you can't stop him. Mm-hmm. Like, he he's going to find a way. The only way he's going to get stopped is if, like, you, the Warriors have had played really good team defense on him. You know, they've attacked him. And when his teammates aren't hitting shots, then, you know, he he's not going to be that effective because he can't kick it out to these guys to hit threes and stuff like that. And that's what the Warriors are doing right now. They play. So we're recording tonight, uh, Sunday night, and the Warriors and Mavs play, um, you know, a little later tonight. So if the Mavs don't win tonight, they're going to be down 3-0. That, that thing's done. Yeah. It's, it probably is done anyway. But, right. um, you know, the, the, the playoffs we've talked about, they, they deliver. I still love them. Mm-hmm. This playoffs, I'm going to say, has been a little odd just because of all the injuries, so many injuries, and there's been a lot of blowouts. It's been weird. Like one game, one team blows, you know, Team A out, and then the next game, Team A comes back and blows out Team B. It's just been kind of crazy, all the blowouts. There have been good games. Luka's been great to watch. The Warriors are fun to watch, but it's been a strange playoffs, I guess. So I have a bit of a debate on this Luka topic. Uh, and I want you guys to argue me because it's kind of a half-baked idea that I need to flesh it out entirely. But do you guys think that Europe has the best best uh, youth program for basketball? I mean, do you think that Luka Doncic becomes Luka Doncic if he grows up in the AAU bullshit and social media verse that we deal with today? And uh, do you guys think that if you really want to develop the next top player, Let's say, you know, he's a six seven white guy, six five white guy. Is he is he gonna be a better career going through this little AAU bullshit where they're probably gonna stick him in the corner and have him shoot threes? Or is it gonna be better when th- at 13 years old he's playing in the Euro League and they're wor- worried a little bit more about uh skills and you know talent development than you know who's gonna recruit them? Uh right. I just I threw I just something I've been thinking about, you know, I, I really do think it's maybe uh it's basically, you know what, Dantich and Jokic are the two right. examples I use. But I just think if either of those guys grow up in the United States, they're not nearly the same player they are today. Uh, what do you guys think? I think there, there's merit to that argument because I think we, we've talked about AAU basketball on, on the pod before. And um, we've talked about, I think, with Eric Woodyard, one of our guests, when we were talking about Kelvin Torbert and stuff like that. And AAU basketball, I think a lot of current high school basketball coaches and you know high school basketball junkies, I guess, would probably say that AU basketball is one of the downfalls 
of the quality of basketball. I mean, when you look at guys like Imani Bates, think about if Imani Bates would have played just a legitimate, strong high school basketball career instead of bouncing around to these prep schools and doing all this AAU and all that. He never developed the skills. He all the talent in the world. But right, you can tell like he didn't literally like your dad has said, Jared, imagine if you spent all your time traveling around just in your backyard, developing your your dribbling skills and your jump shot and free throws and stuff. You know, right. So I, th- I think there's two. Obviously, basketball is probably overall the best here in this country. But no surprise, the last four NBA MVPs have come from players outside the U.S. So, you know, there's obviously something to that. But. Yeah. It's hard to argue, but you, then you look at the overall scope of things. We're talking about two examples. I mean, there's some other decent Euro players that have come right. over here into the NBA, but um, the vast majority are uh, homegrown here. So, right. but, but I mean, it's it's not because, but it's because they're just not as athletic. You know, they're the most right. skilled players are coming from Europe. Oh yeah, they're and you know Doncic, right. like Jokic. I mean, they're the most skilled. So yeah. if you just want to have the most skilled player, how do you not say that they they do it better? Well, don't you think some of it's in their DNA as well? I mean, you know, short like team Don- that what, a little bit. I mean, what, yeah. what, if, you I think part, at, if you look at Doncic as just his athletic makeup, how in God's green earth would you picture You just called him the best player in the NBA. I look did. at him. He's the best player in the NBA. How did he do that? Well, what's wrong I, with him? <laughs> well, I mean, he's freaking slower than shit. Six, eight, you know, he's, he's got like strong honestly, as a bull. He's got a gobbler underneath his neck. Out. He's a little fluffy. His face looks like my face. He's not. He's not. He looks. His face looks like my face. That's all you need to say. So this guy is the best player in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say like one thing that I always think about is I. Yes, I think overall, obviously, I don't think this is really an argument. Individually, the basketball players are better in this country. That's why they take up the major vast majority of the NBA. But when you when you go over to play a FIBA ball, either the World Championships or the Olympics. These teams hold up against the the U.S. perfectly fine. Argentina, mm-hmm. Italy, Spain, you know, some even like China, you know, had some runs and stuff. Like these teams are perfectly fl- fine playing against all these ridiculous all star rosters Without, that the U.S. puts together yeah. because I think their fundamentals, their like right. their skill overall is maybe better. The athleticism part probably isn't there because yeah, when you look at Jokic and. Um, and Doncic, yeah, maybe the athleticism isn't there. And I think part of it too is because the the Euro League system that they have, they start playing professional basketball at like 15. Jared, yeah, you probably remember awesome. when when yeah, when Ricky Rubio was like the talk of everything, he was playing professional ball at like 14 or something. So uh, it, you know, instead of yeah, playing in these stupid like Nike Jam, Grand Rapids, AAU. While know. Doncic, while kids like Doncic are just in the gym, you have kids in America who are crafting their like uh colleges i'm interested graphics spending all day on the computer grafting their 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 you know who they're interested graphics so that it's just i don't like i said i don't fully 100 believe that but it's like when you really think about it man if i was going to try to build a perfect basketball player you know let's say we take lebron james you know the athlete that lebron was uh, or even Giannis, you know somebody uh like that let's just drop him in europe have him grow up in europe and you know follow the same sort of tutelage that luca would have followed i mean I just think it's a lot better basketball player. I mean, Kobe Kobe would talk about it. He grew up yeah. in Italy, yeah. and he would talk about it all the time. And he, I mean, his dad was a professional player in Italy, and he learned his fundamentals there. And then he, you know, came over to the states and started, you know, whooping on dudes. But I, that's actually interesting. That, that would be take a dude like LeBron, all the talent in the world. You can, you know, the body, the physical, you know, everything. If he would have grown up 
because you you remember when he came in the NBA, yeah, he like was dominant, but he didn't really have much of a jump shot. No. He would just basically run past dudes and dunk on everyone. And then he developed his skills and stuff. So right, it'd be interesting. Good topic there, Jared. Way to go on that one, man. Uh, speaking of, I mean, we you guys talked on it. I'll just say this: I, you know, I hate the Warriors. Today's do or die. Oh, we all know that going down three zero. I, I really thought they had game two. I mean, I mean Draymond three points. Steph Curry, man, they should have won. That game. I was mm-hmm. literally like punching my pillow watching game two. Him yeah. going off. He, I will say, he had an awesome celebration. The last three pointer he hit from the corner, balls in mid flight. He's giving the night night comment. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, putting his head to the pillow. I will say that was awesome. Uh, but I totally expect Doncic uh, to come through tonight. Uh, and speaking of the other series, the Celtics versus the Heat, I love the Heat, man. I love their culture. And yeah. as soon as the, just within the last few days, it's really clicked in my brain how much I love this team and how much I, I don't really love the Celtics nearly as much. Uh, maybe it's just because I'm a Detroit fan and I don't want to see teams like build themselves from the ground up and be successful. Uh, I'd rather just see like a team like the Heat that's been there, won it before, uh, and have them be happy again rather than one of these other upstart teams. Uh, but I just love the Heat. I mean, they dealt with injuries like every other team. You know, Lowry's hardly played this entire playoffs, and you wouldn't even know it, man. It's the next guy up. I mean, Eric Spolstra, Pat Riley. I would love to just sit in a room with those two guys and just see what they talk about and what goes on behind the scenes because you talk about a well-oiled machine. I mean, it's the Miami Heat. And we're, and we're as, as Michigan fans, I was going to bring this up, Juwan Howard learned basically his, his coaching, um, I don't know, prowess or whatever, from those guys. I mean, that's yeah. where he got his his startup as being an assistant with with the Miami Heat. And with Juwan, I was going to ask you guys, there, there were reports coming out that the Lakers did make a strong push to bring Juwan in. Even it said star players, obviously it's probably Anthony Davis and LeBron, maybe Russell Westbrook making a push to get Juwan to L.A., and he basically said, no, nah, I'm, I'm I'm here in Michigan. I'm committed to Michigan. Right. What, what does that make you guys think? Like to me, and I know we're going to uh, comment on the PGA championship quick, but I wanted to bring this up. Like to me, I, I would be curious. I do think, you know, he's still pretty young. I bet he does go to the NBA at some point. You know, I, I just feel like maybe that that's going to be there. But I think he, he literally kind of like Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh came to Michigan because he wanted to win a title at Michigan. He didn't want to leave without winning a title at Michigan, even just a big 10 championship at Michigan. And I think Juwan, it would be the same thing. Yes. Everyone talks about his sons are playing for him, but like he talks about, it's more than just my sons playing at Michigan. You know, I want to win at Michigan. I think it's huge to think about like the Lakers making a push and they've got LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis on the roster. And, and Juwan's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm staying in Ann Arbor. It's pretty cool. I, I, it makes me happy that he's our coach. I love that spin zone. Do you? Th- I think I do. I do agree with you. I think as of now, it's sort of very similar to the Jim Harbaugh situation. You know, first few years, he's like he's loving it at Michigan. Can't imagine going anywhere else. Wants to win there. I think part of it is just. I mean, you look at the final candidates the Lakers ended up with: Terry Stotts, Hub, Darvin Ham. One of the war- yeah, Darvin Ham. It's just like it. it wasn't exactly. It wasn't like they were picking the top of the litter uh, for these folks because I think a lot of people see this Lakers uh, team as just absolute dumpster fire. I mean, they're taking advice from phil jackson on how to build a team phil jackson does he even know what basketball is anymore i mean he's a thousand years old so it's just i just think it is, it is kind of a mess. come on now let's not pick on his age let's stay <laughs> I'm off saying, i mean what he has even he hasn't even been a part of an nba team and for like six years now they're bringing him in to get his advice on stuff it just makes no sense well here's the here's what i 100 percent agree and was going to pop in there that 
Juwan just showed me how smart he is because yeah, it it's all glitter with LeBron and AD and you know the whole thing in LA. That's a dumpster fire, man. I mean, what are you going to do with that roster? You're you're, not, you're going right. to fail. And I mean, think about it. In the Frank, spot. Frank Vogel won an or a, an NBA championship two years ago, right. and they fired him this year because of this trash roster that they had. So no, I. But you know, it, there's certain jobs. There's certain jobs right. in the NBA. Like if you get a chance to coach the Lakers. You go coach the Lakers, right? Maybe. Even if it is a dumpster fire, but you know, maybe not. You know, I don't know. Well, I, yeah. I agree with your take though that Juwan probably will go to the association someday. Kind of, you know. Remember, nobody thought Tom Izzo was ever leaving MSU, and there was a hard push for a couple years. Cleveland was one of them that he could have he could have taken an NBA job. And I think if Howard stays there, just fingers crossed. Let's say he stays there eight to ten years, the, the NBA will still be there. They'll still yeah. he'll still have. You know, they'll be knocking on his door anyway. Do yeah. you, how, how do you guys think that Izzo, Izzo's coaching style, you know, perfect for especially the early 2000s, early no. 2010s? You no. know, maybe it's a little out of date now. How do you think that works with LeBron in <laughs> Cleveland? I mean, it, I mean, we can't laugh because John Beeline was maybe the worst coaching uh, tenure ever, but still pretty funny to think about. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Very Comple- similar. Right. Completely different coaching styles, you know, Beeline and Izzo, but same thing. Beeline system as legendary as a coach as he is, does not work in the NBA. Izzo's thing, tough love and all that. Sorry, man, it's not going to fly when these guys are making more money than you and they're grown men. You can't you can't talk to them like like you do 18-year-old kids. You know, I, I don't think Izzo would have had success in the N- NBA. Probably not. Kind of like, you know, why, you know, Urban Meyer, um, you know, Steve Spurrier and some of these other college right. coaches go to the NFL and it's like, oh, man, this is a lot different (laughs) right hey before we move on uh to other talk including pga here's an interesting thing that was running on uh, twitter and i want to get your guys thoughts on this the the greatest high school player that you ever saw play live and in person who's on your list i'll throw mine out real quick because i i'm sure you saw what i said it it is really interesting i mean just off the top of my head and there there is some kind of like you know my my heart going into it, I guess, or whatever. But like Kelvin Torber is the first mm-hmm. name that always comes to mind when this topic comes up. But the other one is Chris Krasminski, a guy that played, yeah. grew up in Corona, grew up in right, right down the road from Jared. Uh, you know, he ended up not finishing his career at Corona. He finished his senior year uh, in Flint, but he, he literally, he, he was a year ahead of me from, from day one at Elsa Meyer on the playground, this kid, you knew he was going to be good. Jared, I know I've, I've talked to your dad about it. His senior year would have been my junior year. Your dad is 100, and I am too. Dad is 100% convinced. We would have been number one in the state that year with the roster that we had. We would have won a state title. Mm-hmm. This, this dude, he ended up going to Mott, and he won National Player of the Year at Mott Community College. He played at Wayne State. He went to Germany. And played, played pro ball there, yeah. Played pro ball in Germany. This dude, he just, you know, whatever, um, some issues or whatever. But yeah, one of those guys that when you watch him play basketball, it just looked easy. It just He played basketball. It was so easy. He started as a freshman on varsity. So, yeah. I always think about him. Obviously, you know, there probably were better ones in Michigan. But, you know, for me personally, you know, uh, that would be my yeah. two. But Torbert, Torbert, legitimately, that that guy was amazing. I think for basketball, I gotta say either Draymond. I mean, Draymond on those Saginaw teams. I was still a young kid, but man, I I just remember they blew everybody. It's just like every year they went to the Breslin, it was like a blowout every yeah. year. Uh, in terms the of high. a team, I'll just throw this out as a team, just because I it's worth noting. 
Devin Oliver and those Kalamazoo Central teams, I mean, they were just oh. like, it was like poetry watching them. You know, obviously, I wouldn't say they're the best team ever. They probably aren't better than a Sexton team, but I just had a lot of fun watching them, man. It was poetry on the court. Uh, as for football, I, this is a little bit off, you know, base, but just off the top of my head, the guy that always comes to my head is Gabe Dean, quarterback Lowell, four year, oh. you know, varsity starting quarterback, kind of just one of those guys that, had, like, almost like a Krasminski type, you know, when you think a high, a high school player, one of the best ever, man. Just, yeah. He was almost like a Tim Tebow for high school, you know, bigger than everybody on the high school level, better thrower than most at the high school level, you know, damn well coached, uh, you know, by his dad was his coach, you know, option offense. It just, everything that I loved as a kid, you know, playing football, he was, he was that one man team almost at Lowell. Uh, and like I said, four years, you know, over the course of a career, every year he was at Ford field. Yeah. Uh, so he's probably my number one for football. Yeah, if I'm going to throw a football name out, and I didn't do any research on it, but I would, the guy that just was electrifying and was a tremendous player for a great football program, Farmington Hills Harrison, was Mill the Thrill Coleman. I mean, he went on to play for Michigan State, but he was an um, unbelievable high school quarterback. He was incredible. I was going to say, you you football, that would be probably tough for you to make a list, you know, all the the guys that you've seen. Yeah, but but I got you beat. All, er, most everybody beat in high school. I saw. You're gonna Magic. say Glenn Rice? No, Matt. Why? Well, I, I don't think I. <laughs> no, I did see him play. But I was gonna say Magic Johnson play oh, Jay yeah. Vincent in yeah. a high school game. You know, at Jenison Fieldhouse, they moved it or they moved it to Jenison because of the demand. Awesome. 1977, and Magic's team lost to Jay Vincent that night, but they got <laughs> revenge crazy. and won the state championship that year. But. Think about seeing that bedlam back in 77 when Magic was a senior. That was that was pretty amazing. That would be. Yeah, right. it is cool. And, you know, there's, there's something, the, the tweets, it was interesting reading some of the responses because I think we all really enjoy high school sports. There's something cool, like you said, Jared, about a legitimate just high school, high school, you know. Yeah. They didn't go on to it, like win yeah. the Heisman Trophy and then go to the NFL. There's something cool and special about a player that is just a great high school, you know, football or basketball player you know, growing up in the community and, you know, just, just one of those legends, you know, there's something really cool about that. Well, let me throw out a name here locally. I mean, Jared, you're always talking about Pistol Pete Harness, but before him, uh, this is a name you probably don't even remember, Ray Lawcock. He he started, he's the first player at Corona that I could ever remember started for Nick and East as a freshman and mm-hmm. played all, all right. four years. And he was a stud. He was a stud, man. I mean, Ray Lawcock, look it up sometime or talk to talk to people in Corona area that remembers that far back. Is there ever been a think about this? Ray Lawcock thrown in in a conversation with Magic Johnson, (laughs) Jay Vincent, uh, Draymond Green. I mean, he probably didn't think that was coming, to be honest. Noldine, yeah. Well, I will say Noldine went on to be a freaking like all American wrestler at Cornell. He was not just some schlub in college, but I know. uh, uh, but no, uh, okay. Moving on real quick. I got to throw this out there. You guys know I'm a big golf guy, PGA championship. Yep. Honestly, I, I didn't really watch much of it until all of a sudden I'm checking Twitter and you know, the leader basically went in the water. I'm, I can't even remember this guy's name. And I just had it written down a second ago. He went into the water, you know, 18 ends up turning into a playoff between Justin Thomas and Will Zalatoris. And yep. Justin Thomas, man, what a performance in that playoff. Two birdies, just cold as ice, you know, on that green on hole 18 to, to close it out. I've I've done a full 180 on him. You know, I I it started with the you know get in the bunker comment where he had the fan ejected because the guy yelled get in the bunker after <laughs> one of his drives. I went from you know kind of hating him from that whole ordeal 
to ever since then, you know, he's been kind of perfect in how he's been portrayed in the public and how he handled, handles himself on the course. He's become best friends with Tiger Woods. Second major victory. I, I've come full circle on him. I'm, I'm now a big Justin Thomas fan. So there. Yeah, I, I didn't watch much. You know, we we've talked about it a lot. I'm I'm more I'm a, a casual golf fan. I really do enjoy golf, but you know, I'm more of a casual fan. The majors, I'll watch and stuff. But for me, the biggest thing for majors, there is something special about watching the ma- majors. You know, the Open mm-hmm. Championship, oh, yeah. Masters, obviously, and you know some of the other ones. But if the stars aren't playing, it's really tough for me. If the stars aren't playing or contending, it's really tough for me to lock in on a Sunday. You know what I mean? Obviously, Tiger, if the Shambo, if Brooks Kepka, if, you know, even dude like Ricky Fowler, I like watching that dude, even though he never wins. You know, if if the stars aren't playing for casual golf fans like me, you know, Justin Thomas, you know, while he he is one of the better golfers in the game, he's not necessarily like a draw. Um, you know, it, it's tough to right. lock in on a Sunday when you got other stuff yeah, going on right. and you don't even know who's who's up at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, I'm sa- I'm the same way. Uh, I was tuned in every day for a, at least a portion. Today, I saw Jared's text. I, I was I was in the middle of delivering my pontoon to my mechanic, so I didn't see the end of it today. But oh, uh, it sounds like it was a great finish. And you know, the story to me, as it always is, is Tiger, and he had to withdraw after a 79 on right. Saturday. Tough. I'm concerned tough about him. Yeah, he, I, it's you know it's been a, a couple months since it, it's been a month since uh, the Masters when you know he had the same sort of fall apart. You know, two good rounds to start it, makes the cut, and then just kind of falls apart. Loud days three and four, mm-hmm. didn't even play in day four. Like you said, with Drew, you know he's driven like a lot of people aren't. Like basically, no one else in the world is. I just really worry if you know, man, how many car accidents can you go through before it's really takes a toll on you? Yeah, and oh, really, I you're think not it's I think it's taken its toll. I think yeah, we're seeing. You know, I I think it, it's almost like the whole Miggy thing, like you were talking about earlier with the Tigers. I think with with, with Tiger, with Tiger Woods, we have to appreciate what it is. He's gonna, this is going to be his career probably the rest of the, the, the his lifetime or you know whatever. But maybe once a year, once every four or five years, he's going to have the his body's going to hold up for a four day weekend. Yeah, and he'll he'll win a Masters or he'll win you know just some. I doubt he plays that many other random tournaments here and there. Um, but, you know, I, I think it is what it is at this point. This is what it's going to be. He, hopefully he always makes the cut. That's like what makes it fun. Yeah. And then hopefully every once in a while on a Sunday, Tiger Red comes in and, you know, he's contending. But He's not that far away from, you know, the seniors and he can play in their, you know, in their big events and still participate in the masters as an elderly player you know that'd be so depressing i hope he never plays on that damn tour Uh, tiger (laughs) woods on the senior tour man i literally gouge my eyes out before i will be playing against the names from his era and i know it's his era had no one they won every freaking event there was no other names there was a segue i wanted a segue into phil mickelson can can you explain to me what in the heck has happened in his uh, in his world right now? Did was he tied up with the Saudi tour what? or something? And it's got a major gambling problem as well. I mean, what has happened to? If happened you guys remember last year when the Rocket Mortgage came to town, he threw the big old hissy fit over the newspaper that you know 
I don't even remember it was it Detroit Free Press or Detroit News or two. something. And basically saying, you know, how he's got this history of gambling and, you know, you know, getting deep in with the Sharks uh, and all that sort of thing. This or that throws a whole hissy fit about it, says he's not going to play in the in the you know rocket mortgage anymore. Uh, our dear friend, Mike Sullivan, we've had in the pod before of Metro Detroit golfers raises all this money through Metro Detroit golfers to get him to agree to play in this tournament. You know, like 50,000 crazy amount of money going to charity. And, you know, Mike Sullivan basically had a video, you know, him saying hi to Phil Mickelson. Mickelson basically just brushed him off like he was just another specter spectator. And ever since then, I've hated this guy's guts, man. Mike Sullivan wouldn't say that. You know, he still was very gracious about the whole thing, but I'll say it for him. I mean, what the hell was that? Yeah. This guy goes through all this work to raise all this money for you to get you to play in this goddamn tournament in Detroit, and you could give two shits. And what he's seeing now is because he wanted to start this whole Saudi Arabia league, Nobody wanted to follow him to it. It was dumb as hell. PGA Tour. If you're a PGA Tour golfer, you got it made, man. Why Why? Why even mess with right. that? Uh, and basically, the PGA Tour, as soon as he did that, the PGA Tour basically said, you're done. We're done building your brand. We're done helping you. We're done doing anything with you. And because yeah. of that, he's, we just don't see him anymore. And I yeah. could, I don't care. I'm fine with that. Get him out it's of kinda, here. It, <laughs> strong words there. No, How we, do you we really know feel, Jared? Jared? <laughs> we know where Jared stands. I mean, I'm, I'm not that uh, fired up about Phil. I think he, you know, I, I think it's one of those things like, People put these celebrities, whether it's a movie star, music, musician, sports athlete, you know, whatever, these celebrities, they put them up on these pedestals like they're all perfect and stuff like this. And I, I've learned not to do that because most of the time you're going to be let down. People who thought Phil was like that everyday weekend hacker. He's just us. Look, at he's out of shape and he's winning the Masters and stuff. And he's just a great dad hitting bombs out there. Oh, man, people. I've learned not to not to put people up on pedestals because most of the time you're going to be let down. And so when all this stuff came out about him, I was like, yeah, cool. You know, whatever. Um, you know, he's not he's not a personal friend. He's not a family member. You know, whatever. So, yeah. you know, I'm not that fired up like Jared. I understand everything you're saying. I I, I agree with what you're saying. But, you know, the, the whole PGA thing, I thought about that with John Daly because John Daly played this weekend and I actually didn't see where he finished you know, way towards the bottom, but day one, he was actually like contending a little bit on, on yeah. Thursday. And it made me think, like you said, PGA as elite in the PGA tour has plenty of problems with elitism. And, you know, they've gotten past some of their sexism and some other things that have gone on. It's come around in, in some areas. Someone like John, like if you can get into the PGA, what a life that would be win a couple tournaments and like, you're good. Just mm -hmm. don't don't yeah. screw up and you're always going to be invited back to play the U.S. Open or the Masters or whatever. You know, I thought about even like a dude like Brooks Kepka. He's kind of tailed off a little bit, but he won his majors a few years ago. If he just coasts the rest of his career, wins a tournament here and there, you know, doesn't have a 40 million dollar gambling debt like Phil or do some get drunk on the course or, you know, do some other stuff. Your life is set. You know, like if you could get into that, you could play the rest of your life. You know, NFL, MLB, all these other sports, you can't do that. But golf, just don't screw it up. And you can just golf the rest of your life. I mean, Phil, man, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. But he's messed it up big time. Let's see what happens if he bounces back somewhere along the line. I'm sure we haven't heard the end of Phil Mickelson, though, you know. No. No, probably not. But hey, I, like I said, yeah. PJ is done with him. And think yeah. of all the money he's lost. I mean, just like you said, John Dan, John Daly, the perfect example this past weekend. How many different social media tweets have you seen about John Daly? Yeah, and right. he did nothing. <laughs> right. So Mickelson's that times 10. And he just well, lost out on all that. Oh, you look at it the opposite a guy like Jack Nicholas. I mean, class personified. And he got offered, I think, what, $100 million to kind of be this, be the face of the Saudi tour. And he said, thanks, but no thanks. PGA made my life. Yeah. Yeah. No I just way. don't get it. It's yeah. weird.
I agree. All right. Well, let's uh, let's finish strong, fellas. Let's have a short edition of Tedertainment tonight. I got a couple other quick things here locally I want to get on the table before we wrap up, and we'll be back with that right after this. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. The Wash of Owasso is excited to welcome you to their new and state-of-the-art full-service laundromat. Conveniently located at 809 West Main Street in historic West Town, Owasso. They're open 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. for the coin laundry, or you can drop off your laundry for wash and fold service Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. Too busy to stop in? No problem! As the Wash of Owasso will pick up your laundry right at your door and will deliver it back to you the next day. Go online to thewashofowasso.com. That's the Wash of Owasso. To view pricing or call 989-472-3322 and schedule your pickup. As a special three-point podcast bonus, enter code 3PP, that's the number three and two Ps, at checkout for 10% off your first order. The three-point podcast team welcomes the wash of Owasso to our team. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. I can start off the uh, entertainment tonight portion. So this past weekend, I had a great little, or actually this was a couple nights ago, Thursday night trivia, uh, the Avenue in Lansing, great little spot, you know, it's, ramen is what they serve. Yeah. It's almost like a, it looks like something out of like a grunge like era. It's like black walls, you know, spray paint all over the place. Cool little spot. But uh, what they ended up doing was, so the Bob's burgers movie is coming out in a little bit. My girlfriend, basically how I was as a kid with Simpsons where I watched it, you know, every waking second I had, she's like that with Bob's burgers. So we went to this event. We ended up actually taking second. Basically I knew nothing. She knew everything. Got a second place, you know, got us like 20 bucks off our tab. Uh, but the, but my jumping off point for this is what's your guys's trivia topic that you would be dominant at that. You would be a Bob's burgers type master at. What is it? Mine generally would be just general entertainment. I mean, if I could, I could rattle off some obscure actor if I'm acted asked about some role he was in. It's just hidden in my mind somewhere. It's just I don't know why. Uh, it, when it comes to playing Trivial Pursuit, when it was ever an entertainment question, you could chalk it up. Ted got that one, so that's my strength. Yeah, I was I was gonna say Ted, just like TV slash entertainment <laughs> in general. Yes, yes, movies. You know. If we're, if we're talking specific, uh, I would say, and I'm not ashamed, Friends. I've yep. seen every Friends episode so many times. I, I would, And I've actually gone to trivia places when they do Friends and mm-hmm. um, you know, Done performed well. well. Other <laughs> shows like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, because um, I, I saw one this back in college. They did a Fresh, Prin- Fresh Prince of Bel-Air night, 
and uh, so we went to that but yeah I, I don't know like you know i would say sports you know just like a sports because I, I you know i've been watching sports my whole life but there's still like sometimes like random stuff comes out from like the 70s oh, or yeah. 80s and you know it's you're hard. like i have no idea i could do but, pretty good at that right so yeah, i think I, friends friends would be the one for me i think mine is like i, like I mentioned stop simpsons man I know the Simpsons. Like it's the back of my head. Like it cracks me up. Simpsons. My co my coworkers who are like older than me, they'll throw out these like Simpsons references. Nobody, nobody, like everyone's like looking at each other. Like what's he talking about? I know it every time. And they they love it. They get a kick out of it. (laughs) See, like that's wild. So like, so okay. Here here's Tedertainment. So now I want to know. Like, so Simpsons is weird. Ted, you you, I mean you you were prime of your life when Simpsons came out. I was pretty young when it came out, but obviously Simpsons was what everyone would talk about. The Simpsons. I th- I have honestly haven't watched a Simpsons episode and I'm 20, 25 years or something, you know, I have no idea. And it just not, I, it's one of those shows, like I would watch it. I just don't, you know, I, I enjoyed it back in the day, but like it started when you, I mean, 12 years pop- before you were born or whatever. So like, can you, you honestly like have seen all Simpsons yes. or like you still watch the new ones or like, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. that's like, well, that's like the, that's the thing like 2010 and like, dude, the show jumped the shark somewhere around 2008, 2009. Okay. Some would even say it was earlier than that, but I'll give it the, the benefit of the doubt. 2008, 2009. No, I mean, I, 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 I T-voted, right. Every Simpsons episode ever hit the airwaves. I watched it on repeat. I watched it on replay. Uh, and, and I just remember like from a few, uh, like five, six years ago, FX, FXX used to do these, like every Simpsons ever marathon. When I tell you those summer days, I was glued to the screen. I was glued to the screen. Watch. I, I if there was any that I missed, I made sure to catch them, uh, on that, on those marathon replays. So no, I, I love the Simpsons. Uh, let me, that was my thing. Let me put you on the spot with a, with a pretty easy trivia question about okay. the Simpsons. Where, where did the Simpsons debut? Like what channel? In general, what channel or slash okay. what what television show? See, like that is the type. That's like not a like I know the actual show, not the history of how it was started. I know that if you like episode one, you know episode eight. I know the history. Okay, I, I know it was like a like basically it was like a it was a short. Yes. Uh, with like Homer and you know, it was horrible. I've seen it. Okay, <laughs> I don't know how good. it originated, that's but a pretty good answer. Changes. It was on it was Tracy Ullman's show yeah. and it was just a little short as part of her show. She was kind of a sketch comedy actress back right. in, I guess it started in the eighties, right? It's been yeah, around it was like that 89 long. 89 or something. Yeah. 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 So no, yeah, I can't I remember hearing that before. Me, Funny story with the Simpsons, even though I say like, I was never really into it. So the, like one of the most legendary episodes is the, the one where like Ken Griffey Jr. and Wade Boggs and, you know, like Mark McGuire oh, yeah. and some of these other MLB stars. Episode. Homer, and, yeah, Homer, at the bat. Homer up the bat. I think it's Homer up the bat. He hits the game winning <laughs> home run. So this is back in the day, pre-TiVo, when when it aired on Sunday nights, Sundays, yeah. you had to watch it or you weren't going to see it. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brother and I, we were in karate at, at Nellie Reed Elementary <laughs> School in Vernon on Sunday nights. And it, our karate class ran when the Simpsons would, would uh, air. And my dad came because we wanted to watch this so bad. My dad came and got us from karate. We left karate <laughs> early to go home and watch this Simpsons episode. I bring this. I've, I've told my parents this before, and they both like don't really remember it. And I'm like, yeah, you you pulled us from karate so we could go home and watch this this uh, Simpsons episode. But 
That's maybe that's the like most legendary 90s one. comment that's ever made. Karate got pulled from karate to go watch <laughs> something. Uh, what? No, that is a great episode. It's it's a great ensemble cast. Got Ken Griffey Jr. in there. It is Homer Homer at the bat. At the bat, not up to bat. So right. I have to correct myself there. It's a legendary one. Uh, Griffey drinks like the purple drink, and you know, like the cough syrup, and he gets all like drunk. He grows a big head and. Uh, Jose, a, Canseco, Jose Canseco's yep. in it. Roger Clemens, I think, and nuclear power plant man formed a hell of a squad for whatever the I'm trying to remember what the <laughs> event was, but uh, yeah, it was awesome. I'm pretty sure uh, Mr. Burns tries to let, he's like the coach of the team or something. Yep. But well, when you yeah. talk all time great sitcoms, the Simpsons have to be probably at the top if you consider uh, animated a you know sitcom series. I mean, it's just longest amazing. running, and I know yeah. South Park. South Park's right behind them too. As Where do you compare the two, though? I'd have to give Jared the nod there. I mean, Simpsons over South Park. South Park's oh, yeah. okay, but yeah. so, Family like, Family Guy actually is quite up there. Is up yeah, there now yeah. too. Family Guy is kind of like I would say that's like honestly one of the best animated shows. Bob's Burgers. I mean, you're seeing Bob's Burgers. It's kind of peaking. It's got a movie coming out. Amazing. I never had heard of that show before until my girlfriend, but it's hilarious as well. So there's like a, a story. Lot of the writers I just saw. Them. There's a story behind Bob's Burgers. Isn't there? There's like. Well, a lot of the uh, writers came from The Simpsons to, to form Bob's Burgers, so that there's a reason like Bob's that, that I like was an it, actual right? thing or something before the show. I, I... See, this, this is a this is a Ted trivia thing. That That's one you got me on. I'm not I'm, I'm not up to date on Bob's Burgers. Yeah, right. <laughs> I yeah. know you Check want out the movie, man. I should. Yeah. I should. I know, uh, Jared. We missed you last week as you had to go for work duties, but we had a little entertainment last week, and Matt uh, brought up candy, and I guess yep. you got a chance to finish it up. What do you think? Finally finished it. So, Jared, I would definitely recommend. I forget if you have Hulu. Do you have Hulu? Yes, sir, I do. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend this. This would be, this is another murder mystery one based on a true story. It happened back in the 80s. Uh, this mom, you know, in like a small, seemed like like a Corona type of town in Texas, you know, back in back in those days. Uh, she got caught up in a little affair, a little love affair, and uh, she ended up, I'm not, this isn't really spoiler alert. You could look it up, but um you know, a, a murder happens. The 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 wife of the guy that she's having an affair with ends up getting brutally murdered. And uh, so the whole show is about that whole love situation and everything that's going on in that town. And then the thing that's super interesting, too, is uh, the trial. The trial is like crazy. And uh, to the point where, like, the show is really good. Jessica Biel is, you know, the main she's actress. Awesome. And she plays Candy. Uh, Candace Montgomery is, is her name. Justin Timberlake comes in the last two episodes. He's one of the detectives. Um, oh, I didn't even catch that. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't catch that. Yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah, no, he's he's the main detective there, Timberlake. And uh, and then Rose from Two and a Half Men is the, the secondary, the the mom who gets killed or whatever. Right. So she's really good. So I, I highly recommend it. Five episodes, about 45 minutes, 50 minutes each. Knock it out pretty quickly it's really interesting really well done to the point where like uh i started obviously reading i started looking up all these articles i like to know like how accurate the show was right. and actually like this show was very accurate there is also I'm, i don't know if you've seen ted there's another one based on the same on hbo max um i think it already came out or is coming out but it's it's the same show but you know different... documentary type no no it's, uh, um it's basically candy but HBO or on HBO Max, different actresses, oh. different actors, and everything. And uh, wow, yeah, they, they just came out around the same time for some reason. But it made me think, like, man, now I really got to get HBO for Hard Knocks and everything else, winning yep. time. But do this, but no, I yep. would give it um, three points. I can't give it three. 
I can't give it three out of three. I mean, three out of three has to be like, you know, saving private exceptional. Ryan type of thing. Got to be exceptional. Uh, yeah. That's a classic one to throw out there. Saving private Ryan. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm giving it like a 2.8, 2.7, 2.8, because Jessica Biel is incredible. And the, the story is really interesting. Solid ranking, solid ranking. Uh, I've just got a couple. Uh, I've talked about network TV last week with This Is Us. They had another, there's next to last episode was just this week. And it was, it was one of the best hours of TV I've ever seen kind of wrapping things up. And, uh, it was amazing. I'll leave it at that. Um, better call Saul. Okay. Everybody out there that's breaking bad fans, better call Saul is equally as good. And it's in its final season. Bob Odenkirk is the actor that plays Saul. It's, uh, Oh geez. Now I can't remember how you say his name. Saul Goodman, right? Yeah. Saul Goodman. That's right. And, uh, they had the first six episodes of their final season just completed. And I binged five in a row, my wife and I, I heard that that show was like unbelievably slow to start the last season or the beginning of like the, the series? First season or two. Like basically it's like, you got to power through the first season to really get into anything. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I don't remember that Jared. I mean, I know uh, coming off the high that I had after watching breaking bad and how good that was, it was pretty easy transition to get into better better right. call Saul. So I, I didn't notice that, but I will say this season, the first six episodes, just knocking it out of the park. I can't wait for the final seven. Um, I can already tell you that it's at least a two, nine, almost three nice. on my scale. And then uh, on the other side of the spectrum, I don't, you guys probably have heard of uh, Barry with Bill Hader and yep. Henry Winkler. It's on HBO. First season I thought was really, really good. I'm three episodes into the second season. I'm disappointed. It's, I just, hmm. it's just, I think it dropped off and maybe jumped the shark. So I'll I'll continue watching it, but I haven't been too impressed with the first three episodes. I, I didn't really like the first. Like I was just thinking, like Bill Hader for all the things be him to be spending his time on. It just seems like a waste of resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, people love that show. I mean, yeah, it's got a yeah. cult following. I, I don't really understand it. I watched the first season, kind of push myself through it. I don't get it. I feel like he's better used, you know, in movies. You know, whether it's Trainwreck or whatever the heck he's in. I just think mm-hmm. he's better used elsewhere. Yeah, he's got a lot of talent for sure, and uh, I don't know where season two is going to go, but it's off to a slow start. So I'll, I'll update everybody later on. Uh, before we before we wrap up the uh, the program, you guys got anything else for entertainment? Anything else you're watching? I do want to send a couple shout outs here locally. Chesanine's baseball team. We've talked about them, and uh, they swept New Lothrop eight to two and seven to six in that seven six game. A walk off single by a freshman, Max Volt. Uh, they're ranked number nine in Division Three and improved to 12-0 and in the league. Uh, Tyler Sager, we talked about him earlier in the week. He pitched his fifth straight no-hitter. Yeah. So this Chesanine team is pretty amazing. And uh, real, beating, real beating New Lothrop is pretty, pretty impressive in a double-header. No, that is very impressive. And um, not taking anything away from Chesanine or the kid throwing the no-hitters. Mm-hmm. You have to throw the pitches. I'm curious where you guys stand. The high school baseball no-hitters, that only lasts like three innings because of yeah, the mercy rule. I know. Do they count? You know, like it's an iffy because I mean, there's some of yes, those because most yeah. of the time you could pitch a million innings and those kids probably still wouldn't touch the ball. So, right. yeah, uh, I mean, that's the thing. He's he's not a scrub. He's throwing yeah, other right. no hitters. But sometimes it's like, hey, you only threw three innings and you guys beat them 15 to zero. Like, like, I imagine yeah. some kid on their team, like if I was arguing with him in a bar. He's trying to tell me how, oh, we only did three innings. It was a no-hitter. Dude, if you get mercied and it's three innings, believe me, that you're not going to, in those bottom four innings, you're not going to turn the tide and no. start bombing it off this guy. It's you got time, no to hit. Hit, time to hit the bus for sure. <laughs> uh, 
a legit team, Owasso softball team. They won the Flint Metro by beating Linden nine to two. Macy Ireland, five hitter this week with 15 strikeouts in that game. We're fingers crossed again as they get into the tournament. And track and field, front of boys and girls finished second and third in the regionals and some outstanding individual performances there. And they're doing really well in uh, track. I, I expect you know they'll make a nice run at the uh, state finals, both the boys and the girls. I mean, they've developed over there at Corona quite a track dynasty on both sides you know it's amazing yeah i mean they they were when i was going through the late late 90s early 2000s corona track was one of the best programs in the state i know you know dipped off a little bit and they've come back so yeah it's cool. what's funny about the the building of track dynasties as you said it is it's like i don't think we've ever won an actual like in a long time at least maybe since matt when i was in when i was in school we never won a state title because it's just like a guy like tyrone wheatley trot yeah. him out there with no right. practice and he wins five events and he wins a state title for you so it's like I it's guess, really of all the sports you don't really need to have a dynasty just have one fast guy yeah, yeah. that's true jared i guess the point I, when i when i throw out a local dynasty it's like how many times have they won their league title consecutively or in the last uh, 20 years how many league championships you know a lot a right, whole lot right Oh, no, uh, be, I agree with you. Dynasty. Yeah. Um, also, again, we're winding down the stretch for the Kerwood Festival coming up. Noah Jacobs, our boy, you know, help him out. Help him get that coveted Mr. Owasso crown, right? And Ted, I just want to uh, you still don't like saying that, do you? <laughs> he sounds like he's against he's this right. event. To be he's honest, it's right. kind of the tone he gives you. <laughs> <laughs> how uh, about this this tone though you guys both i i think you did jared you both played Kerwood three on three didn't you yeah it's back <laughs> i i did see i saw someone share it on facebook or something that it was back no again like i see you laugh jared i'm Kerwood three on three was a huge deal when i was growing up like you you played if you yeah. didn't play you were like an outsider like Kerwood three on three was a huge We're deal I wish it was a big deal. You know, I'd be right there, you know, playing in it. Here's the thing. They're going to get five kids signing up for that thing because it's just kids. It's three on threes are dead. I mean, I remember yeah. the days when the Vernon three on three, yeah. there was a helicopter flying into play in that thing. That was when I was a kid. Yeah. Had, how has it changed so much that from that point where they're flying in freaking paratroopers to put on a show at Vernon to the point where you can't even fill out a three on three tournament without other than maybe a few teams here or there. Do you have an answer to that? That's it's kind of your generation. I know it's just kids just don't play like in the like, like like the one place I always see the perfect basketball court Perry you know right on 52 you're driving mm -hmm. by it brand new hoops brand new courts you drive by it and it's like there's never anyone playing on it right there's never right. a soul <laughs> even the one in Vernon like you said the one like the cage is what we used to call it like you know the cage <laughs> um it was a legitimate co court a legitimate pickup basketball court and, uh, you know, we used to go up to Elsa Meyer and just play. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure you you maybe did that too, Jared. But, um, no, three on three, like to the point where it was the, the curve three on three because you would play it because you could play against Owasso guys. You could play against Owasso right. guys. Guys would come in from Flint to play Corona and Owasso yeah. guys and stuff. Chesanane, you know, people from the area would play. I mean, there was like there – it was like standing room only. Like people yeah. would line the courts for the big games. It was cool. <laughs> here's, here's a little trivia for you. I was – I was one of the co-founders of the Kerwood three on three yeah. one of the co-commissioners wow. when it first started. Yeah. Nice. How about that? We had four baskets. <laughs> hey, it's That's better. Awesome. Probably better than what, what it'll be this year. Sadly, like I said, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be parading around, you know, uh, commercializing this thing 
yeah to get people to do it but i just know what it's just i just know how it goes well i'm, I'm a, reading my, a book right now actually john thompson real quick before maybe we sign yeah. up i'm reading i'll actually show it give it a quick little plug john thompson i came as a shadow Looks so good. I'm reading this. He's telling these stories of when he was a kid. It's like they would go to like jump from town to town, play, nonstop playing basketball. Yeah. And Ted, it probably was like that when you were a kid. It was. I honestly don't know where I could find a, a pickup basketball game nowadays. Oh, that was yeah. what was cool about going to College of Grand Valley. That was the one place I could. Oh, loved but it. But other than that, I don't know where I I don't know where I would go. I don't think there is a place to go. Right. We you talk spend... about Ver Vernon, yeah. Matt. I mean, when I was when I was young, the Shiawassee Street School had a court that was just it was wait in line to get on the court, you know, and challenge. Yeah. It, was, it was, and you almost had to play four on four. It was kind of a small court, but it, it was a blast. Right. I, remember I played at that court a couple of times or a, a Bent, Bentley park in Owasso. Yeah. We would play there. Um, you would get some, uh, some interesting characters would come up and play, play ball up at Bentley park. Um, we'll just say it that way. Hey, they but, love uh, hoop, man. They love to hoop. Can't follow them. Love to hoop out there in their, their <laughs> jeans and their airwalks. And you know, not, I shouldn't say that. That's fine. Airwalks, I'm, I'm, that's like from, that's straight for like 1990 airwalks. I don't even think those are around anymore. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I, I'm, I'm glad people are out being active playing ball, but yeah, that's just saying, like, hey, hey, man. Where, where are these people nowadays? They're, right. they're, there's not even that game to be played nowadays. Yeah. We would, we would drive around. We, we would search games. We drive around to Wasso and look for games you know, go play pickup. Uh, we'd go to Flint a lot. We'd go to Flint. Mm -hmm. one, one quick, cool story. I mean, I could keep going on. I love playing pickup basketball. We went no to kidding. Flint one time, me and three of my buddies and um, that I graduated with, we went to um, U of M Flint. You know, they have like a rec center, basically like the one at uh, Grand Valley, Jared. And right. I don't know, some random Saturday. We were like, let's go to U of M Flint, see if they got a bunch of pickup playing. So we show up and there's, you know, guys playing three on three, a bunch of people. looks like they're from Flint. And, you know, three, three white dudes from Corona roll in and you know we're like hey you know we'll we'll play next and we start getting that eye of like okay yeah 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 cool mm -hmm. come on we end up running like we won like 10 11 straight games and like ran people off the court and it was one of the coolest pickup experiences that i had <laughs> that's loving it <laughs> I, I still love it man i, I still love it but no grand valley too, we, would, we, we would play pickup ball at grand valley for hours i mean hours we'd go up there for three hours because we knew we were about to go back to our apartment and drink two thousand calories worth of beer but <laughs> You know, we would play pickup for hours because it was a social. It was a social event yeah, too. Exactly. Go play ball and just talk to people. So it's a shame. What, what the hell are kids doing, man? Go play pickup basketball. Yeah. Well, listen. Another quick little plug for the three on three for Kerwood. It's they're going to have it at the Capital Sports Fieldhouse, which is kind of cool. You know, it's the whole block downtown, the Penny Store, and the Capital Bowling Alley. It's all been That's converted into a fieldhouse. It. It's really pretty neat place. So the games are inside. I, I yeah. Think what, so. what do you mean a field house? You haven't heard about it there? It's it's become no. a big deal. Yeah, I mean, oh it's, the uh, sideline, basically that area yeah, that you're talking about that, to that the they're playing it indoors. I think so. That's actually if that's true. I somebody needs to fact check you on that. Probably. Yeah. Well, but I don't that know. That is the case. That's awesome. They're the ones sponsoring it, so I only assume it's inside. But maybe it'll be outside in their parking lot. I don't know that for sure. So don't hold me to that but yeah that whole complex i think the guy that started that's got a got quite a quite a thing going i mean they they put on little league baseball tournaments they had five fields going in corona they had i think 111 little league teams signed up for this weekend wow. tournament think about that that's cool yeah i know even little league baseball tailed off too little yeah. league baseball when i was growing up was awesome in corona and I know it tailed off a little bit. So that's right. cool if it's coming back. There's yeah. tournaments every weekend at Kiwanis. I'll say maybe really? that's where all these kids are not playing pickup basketball. They're playing, playing baseball. Maybe. Playing baseball. Let's just hope that's the case.
Could be. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I think we've covered our local stuff. Go Noah Jacobs, right? right. Uh, let's call it a podcast, fellas. Uh, this show has been uh, presented by Memorial Healthcare, home of the now Community Wellness Center. Definitely a spot you want to check out if you want to get healthy and in shape. Uh, follow us at Three Point Pod. Spread the word to all your friends. Make sure you let all our great partners know you listen in and enjoy the podcast. They include Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, the Wash of Owasso, and the ALS Association of Michigan. Until next time, so long, everyone. Thanks for listening. Stay away from the monkeypox, if you will, and hang in there, Ukraine. So long, everybody. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.